Welcome to FASD Family Life, the podcast for families by families, where we get real about raising children and youth with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. I am your host, Robbie Seal, FASD educator, advocate, and mom of four children with FASD. I know the struggle is real, but so is success. I hope that sharing my experiences can help you feel that you're not alone and that there is hope for you and your child with FASD. And I have great news to share with you. The FASD Family Life Podcast continues to grow. The last time I checked, we are at over 9,000 downloads since we launched in March 2021. That's amazing. Thank you so much for connecting with the podcast, for liking it, sharing it, and sharing it with your friends, your family, your teacher, your kids' teachers, your daycare workers, your spouse. You know, thank you for sharing because the whole purpose of the podcast is to encourage you in your journey as parents raising children and youth with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. I regularly hear from parents and caregivers just like you. If you have a question about something you've heard on the podcast or a topic suggestion, please email me at fasdfamilylife at gmail.com. Be sure to catch every episode by subscribing to FASD Family Life Podcast. When you subscribe, new episodes will automatically appear in your phone, iPad, or wherever you get your podcast. And did you know that when you subscribe to FASD Family Life, and when you rate or review an episode, you are helping other parents and caregivers just like you. Yes, your engagement in these ways signals to the algorithms that this podcast is relevant to people who want to learn more about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. And I've had the privilege recently of speaking with families as far away as Denmark, South Africa, the UK, and the US. So I really appreciate your engagement and my ability to connect with other parents who are on this road of parenting children with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Well, here we are, my friends, another episode. And again, we're going to dive into the mailbag. I've received more emails and some really great questions. And there's a common one that's come up that I really wanted to address with you. I'm going to just pull up my email right now. This listener writes to me in response. She had sent me a question. I had responded and she's written again. And I wanted to share this with you. She says, good morning, Robbie. Thank you so much for your quick response and such a thorough explanation. I deeply admire your knowledge, your experience, and your passion for educating and supporting families. Thank goodness for you. I've listened to more of your podcasts and have been sharing them with family and friends. I so appreciate hearing your personal story and how compassionate and articulate you are on your podcasts. Well, thank you for that. I I try. I've shared the information with my family, and they're not interested in educating themselves about FASD and have always been judgmental about my daughter and our parenting. I've sent them multiple podcasts, and fortunately, they have expressed that our daughter's challenges are a result of us being too nice with parenting, and that I'm hiding behind a brain injury. I'm guessing that happens often, and I've actually questioned myself, doubted my parenting on a regular basis, taken parenting courses, watched videos, and I have spent sleepless nights worrying and feeling such shame. I was looking for a podcast specific to this topic and wondered if this is an issue that has been talked about in any of your podcasts. 
Well, thank you so much for writing to me again. I appreciate it. And I hear you. Um, you're right. You know, this is, this is an experience that many families share with you. And I'm happy to address the issue on the podcast. I think it's an important topic for us all to talk about. What I wrote to this listener was that I completely relate with wanting family to come on the FASD learning journey with me. But you know, it takes time. You've planted some seeds of information about brain injury, and you've provided some food for thought by sharing the FASD Family Life podcast with them. Now, give it time. You know, a garden doesn't grow overnight. We plant seeds, we tend soil, we water as needed. But the new plants, the new ideas, they take time to grow. You've done your best and you can let go of the results and keep moving forward. And you know, if they're not walking in your shoes, don't let them tie your laces either. So if they're not raising a child with a disability, they're not raising a child that exhibits the kind of behavioral symptoms that your child does, and yet they offer advice, sidestep. Let let the advice fall on the living room floor and don't pick it up. Or, you know, if they criticize or have a comment about a particular behavior, just say that's a symptom of the disability and move on. Do your best to accommodate. Don't bother getting in a conflict or a fight with someone who, who doesn't have your lived experience because they really won't understand. And it's no fault of their own. They really will not understand unless they've had the lived experience or are willing to do the deep dive to learning about this very complicated disability. Now, while the supports are not complicated, the disability is complicated. So give it time. And what I suggest to this listener is focus on what is immediately before you. And that is a beautiful child with complex needs that are rooted in trauma, disrupted attachment, and prenatal alcohol exposure. And you know, for us, sometimes it's really difficult to see that the challenges we face on a daily basis are symptoms of a physical disability that we can't see. And we live with it every day. So naturally, it's even more difficult for people to come to this understanding when they don't live with it as you do. I was thinking of an analogy earlier today as I read this email and I was thinking about it in my mind. And I thought of the analogy of step families have been uh, compared to or used the analogy of step families as being something like a crock pot. You put all the ingredients into the crock pot and it takes It takes time, the slow cooker, and it takes time for this beautiful stew to come together. You know, the onions and the celery soften a lot faster than the carrots and the potatoes do. It just takes time. However, when I think about the journey of foster parents, and in some cases, adoptive parents as well, faced with all these challenging behaviors and and challenging situations that are really complicated and create a lot of pain in our lives and sometimes destruction to our property. And when I think about the complexities of foster families, kinship families, and adoptive families, raising children who have come through trauma. I mean, the only reason a child is in that circumstance is they've come through trauma. And we know that trauma, adverse childhood experiences can have a very traumatic impact on an individual. Traumas, if unresolved, traumas that have been experienced at young ages can impact the development of the brain and the function of the brain. And then if we put in prenatal alcohol exposure, which is a very high probability uh, in this population, we know that there's 
functional and structural changes to the brain that we can't see with our eyes, but we see through the behavioral symptoms of our loved one. And you know, the people who don't live with this child, who love you, who love your child, who have everybody's best interests at heart, don't understand what it is you're going through, and they don't understand what it is your child is going through. And so while I use the analogy of a crockpot for a step family, I think this is the experience of, uh, of us foster families, kinship families, adoptive families, who perhaps don't have the support of our extended families, is something more like a compost heap. There's a lot of great things that go into a compost heap. Um, some is still green and lush and some is kind of dead and decaying. As it is with our journey of learning, you know, we have a lot of things to unlearn, uh, preconceived ideas, notions about parenting, notions about behavior. There's a lot of things that have to die before there can be a rebirth. And maybe it is more like a compost heap. You know, it's going to get messy and smelly and nasty sometimes before there's a beautiful result. Perhaps that helps. I don't know. Give it time. Give it time. It takes a long time to understand fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. It takes a lot of training and reading and speaking with other people who are walking this journey to fully understand the complexities of this disability. And of course, your loved one with FASD is not only the complexities of this disability. No, these are individuals with their own hopes and dreams, likes and dislikes, temperaments, personality traits, and family histories that you may or may not know about. As I learn and grow and I experience more life with my children and more more interactions with their beautiful um, biological family, I am learning every every time we get together that some of the characteristics that I see in my girls are deep-rooted characteristics from their family of origin. And, you know, it takes time to learn these things. And it also takes a willingness and an openness to learn and to bring other people into your life and be willing to learn from them. So I know you want your family, you want your parents, your in-laws, you want your sister, your brother, your best friend to understand and be empathetic. And, um, I hope they get there. But in the meantime, surround yourself with people who do get it. Surround yourself with people who understand, people who are also foster parenting, people who are also learning about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, people who who also have an adopted child that has some complex behaviors that maybe we don't all understand, but may be rooted in trauma and may be rooted in prenatal alcohol exposure or drug exposure. Surround yourself with those people. Build new friendships and new social groups with these people. Let them be, as my friend Natalie Vecchione of FASD Hope says, let them be your family. People you've chosen to bring into your life who understand what's going on in your life. And they will be the people you can turn to for empathy. They will be the people that you can tell your crazy stories to and they won't judge you. They'll laugh with you. They'll cry with you. And they may even one-up you because they have crazy stories too. So while I know we want our, our own families of origin to walk with us and to support us and to understand 
The truth of the matter is, is they may not. Sometimes because they're unwilling, sometimes because they're unable. Let that go. You've done your best. Let that go and keep moving forward. Now it's time to focus on what's immediately before you. And that's your beautiful child with complex needs that are rooted in trauma, disrupted attachment, and prenatal alcohol exposure. First things first, take care of yourself. You have to take care of yourself if you're going to take care of someone else. And I know as moms, we always put that on the back burner. As dads, no, we're busy providing for our family. My friends, it doesn't work that way. Trust me, I've done it for 30 years. It doesn't work that way. You'll burn out. I've been there. Take time for yourself. Might be a hot shower in the dark. That's a, I love doing that. Have a nice hot steamy shower in the dark. Go for a drive with your favorite music blasting. Go for coffee with a friend. Play with your dog. Cuddle with your cat. Go do something that's fun for you. You need some fun in your life. You need to take care of yourself. Meditation can be amazing. I'm I'm new to that world, but I spent some time last night doing some meditating. It was amazing. I felt so restored after. I can't even tell you. So take care of yourself. If you're married, take care of your spouse. Take care of your relationship. Um, because raising children with a disability is challenging on a marriage. Raising children is challenging on the marriage. You know, Marriages end over money fights and and parenting fights. Marriages end over that stuff all the time. And raising a child with a disability, especially an invisible disability that most people don't understand, is going to be really hard on your marriage. So as much as you can, get on the same page, dig in, learn as much as you can about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, about the complexities of adoption. If um, transracial adoption is part of your story, get in tune with that because that's a reality in your family. If all of the, your kids don't look like you, that's a reality that you need to lead your family through, um, as is the case in my family. Second, take care of your child. Be so very careful to meet your child where they are at developmentally, not chronologically. Build on their strengths. Speak life and positivity into your child. If you see that your child is an artist, praise that. Give opportunity for growth in that. If you see your child is, is a natural athlete, build on that, build on that capacity, build on that identity, build up the capacity and the identity and the strengths of your child, because they're going to need that. And you, and you can't just focus on disability. You've got to focus on strength in those areas of strength. You'll be able to leverage and grow and build skills in other areas. Third, since we're fast approaching the Christmas season, I encourage you to tune into your child. The holiday seasons can be very difficult for children who come to us through foster care, kinship, or adoption because of wounds that they carry that they may be unable to express. Let me say that again. Since we are fast approaching the Christmas season, I encourage you to tune into your child. Be quiet and watch. Notice the tension. Notice the anxiety. Tune in. It's okay to say, hey, I see you're having a hard time. What's up? And hold space. Just be quiet. See what comes. The holiday season can be very difficult for children that come to us through foster care, kinship, or adoption because of wounds that they do carry 
but may be unable to express. You may notice that your children become increasingly anxious and dysregulated at this time of year. The changes to routine, schedules, food, decor, and energy across environments activate the kid's response system. It it stresses them out. There's more sensory information to take in. Things become unpredictable when we change routines and schedules. Tune in, guide your kids through that time. Do your very best to keep things calm and unchanged in your home. This will be so grounding for yourself and for your children. I encourage you to check out my 12 Tips to Surviving the Holidays episode of FASD Family Life, where I get into more detail about that. And just get through what you're getting through. Right now, we're on the cusp of December. It's going to get busy. It's going to get challenging. There's going to be commercials about Christmas all over the place, and it's going to be a lot. Suddenly, everywhere you go, you're going to hear Christmas music. That might put you in a great mood. But it ups the energy level for our kids and they feel it and they feed off of it. So keep it calm and keep carrying on. Remember, my dear ones, you are doing an excellent job in a very difficult circumstance. I encourage you to keep learning as much as you can about FASD, developmental trauma and attachment. The more you learn, the more confident you will be in your parenting of your child and the better able you'll be able to advocate on their behalf. And remember, this takes time. It takes time to read the books. It takes time to go to the training. It takes time to listen to the podcasts. But that's okay. We're all learning and growing together in our understanding of the brain, about the impact of prenatal alcohol exposure, prenatal drug exposure, prenatal trauma and stress. We're all learning and growing. And so get on the learning train with me. Let's learn everything we can about FASD because the more we know, the better able we are to serve our kids and to help launch them into an adulthood with supports and services so they can live their full potential. Some ideas for keeping things the same for your child are the routines. Routines are vital to stabilize life for our kids with FASD and trauma and for our families. Those routines will carry us along with our kids. We need those routines. We need these things to keep life predictable. You know, in our family for years and years and years, we had the same weekly supper menu. I started having the same menu week after week after week to stabilize life for my kids, to create a point of grounding for my kids, because every day is slightly different. Though maybe we get up and we go to school, there's still things that are variables that change. And so one of the things I found very helpful for grounding my kids was having predictable meals, not just meal times, but food. So for years, every Monday was meatball Monday. Whether it was rice or spaghetti, it was usually spaghetti. Spaghetti and meatballs is what we had every Monday. Tuesdays was Taco Tuesdays. Wednesdays, some kind of a chicken something or other I would pull together. Thursdays would be supper at Grandma and Grandpa's house. And Fridays was pizza and a movie. And I mean frozen pizza on sale and a movie at home. That's what we did. When we could no longer go to grandma and grandpa's on Thursdays because of COVID, well, okay, that became another casserole night or that became leftover night, but we kept it predictable. 
that it was so grounding for, for the kids. And you know what? It made my life easier too. I didn't have to spend energy coming up with different ideas for different meals. I didn't have to spend a whole lot of energy creating uh, these long grocery, well, I mean, the grocery lists are still long, but I didn't have to create something out of nothing. I already had a template. And isn't that easier when life gives you a template? Man, sometimes I wish I had speech writers for me at home. I watch the sitcoms and they have these clever things to say. And I always say to my husband, geez, I wish I had a writer. I could have sounded that good too. Well, having a meal plan is kind of like that. You have an idea and it stabilizes life and it takes some of the stress off. That's something we can do at Christmas time. That's something we can do in December. Maybe you can sit down with your family tonight and supper and say, hey, I noticed you guys really like this meal. How about we do this every Friday? or every Monday, you know, whatever. These are the kinds of things that help. They're very practical, but help root us and help just stabilize some things. Also, maintain the same meal times, limit screen time, encourage outdoor time. Physical activity is key to maintaining a healthy body, but also a healthy frame of mind. So get out there for yourself and get out there for your kids. Get them out there to get some burn off some energy. Visual routines are great ways to keep things calm and steady and guide us through the ups and downs of life. Whether you're using a calendar or a picture chart for your child, um, these things can be very helpful. When things begin to change as they do at this time of year, you can just use a blank calendar printout that you've gotten off your computer or some cheap calendar you got from the drugstore. And you can write on there, you know, especially once school is out and you can say, you know, on Monday we're doing this and on Tuesday we're doing that and on Wednesday we're doing that and write it down on the calendar so the kids have a sense of, okay, there is actually a routine here. There's actually a structure. I can go check and see what we're doing today. The day that you're busy or that people are coming to your house or you're going to theirs, let your kids know how that day is going to work. Let them know that the day, the time that day starts or that activity starts what they can expect, and what time they're going to go home. That'll be really helpful. And you might need to write that down like a little comic strip or a little, you know, pictogram that you might have. And, you know, my kid who's really anxious would have that in his hands and he would roll it and unroll it, roll it and unroll it, or fold it and unfold it. But he would keep it with him as something to fidget with, but also something to refer to. It, it eased his anxiety he didn't have to ask me a thousand times that day. And then my temperature goes up as I'd like, I've answered this already. He had the information he needed of when it starts, what's happening and when it ends. Really helpful. I hope these ideas have been helpful to you as, as you think about families and explaining what's going on. Just give it time. Focus on what you need to focus on. Share what you know about FASD. Share what you're learning. Be positive about that. And people will either learn or they won't. It'll be important to have uh, boundaries and expectations um, for your children and for your family members when you are around. And so it might just be something as saying, yes, when we're done eating, I'm going to excuse my child and they're going to go on the iPad for a while. Or, you know, there's a lot of people here, so my kid needs a quiet place. Where can we go and have a quiet place together? Also, you want to protect the host. If you're going and your child with FASD has the proclivity to take things that don't belong to them because they don't understand boundaries and they don't understand ownership and it goes to impulsivity and lack of abstract reasoning, 
like if you're visiting somewhere, then make sure that your your host's home is protected as well. Keep doors closed and keep an eye on your kid at all times. Perhaps in that situation, you have to have the rule where your child has to be supervised like by line of sight, if not side by side, so that you can be quite certain that they don't take something that doesn't belong to them. And don't be shy about doing a pocket check, not to shame the child, just to, hey, let's just make sure we're not going home with anything we didn't come here with. Check some pockets, check the socks, learn that one the hard way, and, you know, keep calm and carry on. That's what we've got to do. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of FASD Family Life, and I've got another project on the go. I call it my Research and Resources edition of the FASD Family Life podcast, which are released on Mondays. The Research and Resource episodes will highlight the work of local FASD networks, trainings and conferences, as well as FASD research. It's my hope that you will find ways to connect with resources in your community through these episodes, and you will learn about research and where you might participate, or just about research that will benefit your family over time. And remember, the FASD Family Life Podcast is here for you too. It's the podcast of four families by families raising children and youth with FASD. I hope that by sharing my experiences and my FASD education with you, you will feel connected to someone who knows what you're going through. And I can offer a little education, encouragement, and empowerment as you raise your kids with FASD. If you found this episode on Facebook or LinkedIn, please drop a comment in the comment section because that helps and signals to the algorithms that this is a podcast of interest and a podcast that has valuable content. Also, if I would appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating and a re- review wherever you got your podcast, whether it's on Apple or uh, Stitcher, Spotify, or her iHeartRadio, wherever you've heard this podcast, please do leave uh, a five-star rating and a review because that helps other people find the podcast. Of course, I would love to hear from you. Do you have a question that you would like me to address on the show? What's your biggest struggle? Email the show at fasdfamilylife at gmail.com or message me on Facebook and I will do my very best to address it via email and on the show so we can all learn and grow together. If you'd like to support the work of FASD Family Life Podcast, I welcome you to go to buy me a coffee forward slash FASD Family Life where you have the opportunity to buy me a coffee for $5. I would really appreciate that. Just type it into your browser buy me a coffee forward slash FASD family life. And you should find a link there and be able to, um, you know, show some love. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I know it's precious. And until next week, remember the struggle is real, but so is success. I'll speak with you soon.